inside. First it breaks down your mind and strips your pride. But a man only stands on two feet. Cause heart comes All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. 877-37-GRIND is your number. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. And this next segment will be sponsored by Maestro Bell. They are the official tequila of the PGA Tour. And keep in mind, it's sourced from a single estate using the finest 100% blue agave. It's double distilled Asian European white oak barrels. All right. And I've tried it with margaritas. Perfect. On the rocks. That is DeBell, Maestro DeBell Tequila, official sponsor of the Sports Grind and official sponsor of our studios here as well. 877-37-GRIND. All right. So, yeah, man, I, I'm just, you know, again, I think this good resolve is probably going to cost Mel Tucker's job. But I am i don't think, in my opinion, I don't really think this is, you know, that that was not consensual. And also, it, and, you know, I was having a little conversation with Jonas and we'll kind of move on. But, you know, this is going all seriousness. This is one of those that. And it's not necessarily this situation, but I'm pretty sure there's a lot of situations that could arise like this. But this is one of those that it ever if it ever would go as far to court or really charging somebody for sexual assault over this. It, it kind of reminds it, it like to me, it's almost a slippery slope because it reminds me of and I forgot her name, but it reminds me of that young girl a few years ago. I, I don't know if it was a net. I don't think it was Netflix documentary. Well, I think it was on uh I think it was on ABC kind of time. But remember, and I remember following this case, the girl who told her boyfriend at the time to just go or to go uh, kill himself through text. Yeah. And, and, and you know, these were conversations that were going on for weeks. And she's like, well, you know, she was researching. Well, you know, if you carbon monoxide and you go park the truck in the garage or you could do it this way and all the text. And you look at this day and time that we live in, in regards to what people will just be. And it's even been past where you're like, you know what, man, you can just go kill yourself. You know that when you've all have heard that over the course. But the bottom line is that case. You're talking about cases that come along that really make you look at things different to be like, are we really going to go here? Because if we're going to try people and to be honest with you, um, I disagree with it. I just felt at that time like, you know, that's the, that comes down to a moral situation. Morally, you shouldn't be texting anybody, joking or whatever. If you want to be moral about it to go kill yourself. You shouldn't be doing that, and especially in the day and time. But can you really be tried or guilty for murder for that? That's a slippery slope. So the reason why I bring that up, if we're getting to the time where we're going to basically try to try and claim phone sex between adults, sexual assault, whatever, we're in we're, we're that's a slippery slope going down in my opinion that's no difference like i mean i mean because if, if it's there where do you stop so if, if if a single man sits there going through a grocery store just out of blue doesn't know this woman from a can of paint like man that blouse looks good on you is that is that is that sex is that with words not touch is that sexual assault is that sexual harassment and i know things times have changed but that's a lot of money for a buyout OK, and even if this is not Michigan State, this is a situation where there's a personal something going on between this Mel Tucker and this gentleman. And, the, and and this is what it is. But it still comes down to where guys in position of power and guys that are in this, they have to be careful in regards to who they're dealing with, especially if they have a past. And especially even if it's a fact of when you talk about age gap difference or whatever, you got to be careful because in these days and times, like that old saying goes, the money is the root of all evil. But we'll see how this plays out. But he ain't going to survive this. 
because the damage is done. Regardless whether it was because the damage is done. They're not winning. Michigan State hasn't been good, and that's a lot of money. And I even said at the time I didn't understand how Mel Tucker – and Mel Tucker, I think, is a good coach, but he comes from the Nick Saban tree. But at the, when that happened, I didn't understand how he got that money. 877-37-GRIND. Speaking of Nick Saban, a um, couple things with Alabama surfaced was brought to my attention by a buddy of mine. Shout out to J-Dub. Sent me a video of the Alabama game against Texas uh, this past Saturday night. And it was a clip that was surfaced around TikTok that showed a couple of the Texas players uh, right there on the bench close to the to the stadium, to the back of the fans of some of the Alabama fans and just laying with just racist stuff, just basically, you know, go back to the hood. Go go back to the projects, this and this or whatever. We also had some homophobic remarks thrown at them. Homophobic, but racial slash homic because it's making trending for the racial thing. To me, um, it's not a shocker to me. Um, it's sad. Uh, at the end of the day, you know, everybody knows I have root and interest in that program because of Nick Saban, because of my respect for Nick and everything. But the truth of it is, I've always, I mean, it's still Alabama still the state of Alabama, and we know that kind of activity and that kind of language basically happens. So just a sad situation, a bad look for Alabama. Now, from what I've heard today, their university has already came out and denounced that uh, and said that's not acceptable. It's something that they stand for. I'm pretty sure Nick, when he meets with the media again before, he's probably going to have to address it uh, because you have to in this day because Alabama always has had a, a you know a mystique of you know racial tensions in certain parts and amongst the team and how you know black athletes and football players on how they could be treated when they go down there. So to see that surface, it didn't really shock me. Uh, but just a sad situation. But again, the University of Alabama has come out and said, hey, we denounced it. They don't condone with it. You got to believe that. But just a sad situation. Um, and, and again, I just look at that. It's just, again, the social media area we get in that people feel like regardless, it's OK for me to go ahead and say those things to you because I'm pissed off because you came and beat my team and y'all wasn't supposed to win. So that's just the reality. The other thing about Nick Saban before I want to leave uh, the topic of that, um, I heard some of his press conference yesterday and I didn't want John to get the audio. We didn't need that because I want to paraphrase. I don't want to spend that much time on it. Um, but, you know, he kind of paraphrased. And the thing is, is that. He was asked a question. It's really about where this team is at. And, of course, he was going to get questions about his quarterback. But he went on to sit there and say that he would be shocked and surprised if, you know, he gave credit to Texas. Like, hey, Texas got a good team. But I would be shocked and surprised if this team, this particular team, doesn't respond. He said the future is now. Okay. He said we've got some time ahead of us to fix it. He goes, some of these things are fixable. Look, I've paid attention to that, that program and that man, since they showed up the year that they after they fired Shula, okay, um, that press conference lets me know. And and Nick is one of the best to talk to his team through the media. He uses the media down there locally when he wants to get messages out, whether he wants to attack them if it's a big game, if it's Iron Bowl week, if it's LSU week. So I've paid attention to all that. To hear him talk like that, that lets me know that there's concerns with this team and the state where he is. I try to be fair. The reality of it is that sounds like it's it's. It, it, I mean, I'm not going to say on the level of how I thought I was hearing coming from Dallas all offseason, but the truth of it is that sounds like a head coach that is one of the goats or not the goat trying to convince 18 and 19 year old kids like, look, y'all are still Alabama. 
we're supposed to get off the mat. They have taken losses over the course of years of upsets or whatever on their road to try to get another national championship. And I ain't never heard Nick have to come out and dress the union like that and have to build confidence. Be like, I'd be surprised and shocked if this particular team and then be cautious, proceed with caution. I believe at some point in SEC play, I could be wrong. I'll say I was wrong. But the style of play with this quarterback, in my opinion, he's going to have to get this quarterback competition that went on. He's going to have to go ahead and give somebody else a shot here pretty soon. If you have any shot to still try to win the SEC West, in my opinion, still got a decent defense, uh, good defense. I'm not buying this hype. And I heard, you know, um, you know, the talk about how Alabama's secondary is still deep, even though there's something I don't know about that. It's been a problem, but this is one of those teams. I'll say it. This might be that Alabama team that ends up getting a three-loss season. There, there, there's no Bryce Young uh, to come save this one. It's going to take some hell of a coaching, which he's capable of doing it, and it's going to take some 18-, 19-, 20-year-old kids having some pride and dig in. Uh, you know, and they've got a ways to go. And the truth of it is, like I told y'all yesterday, I don't know how much credit any SEC team's going to have for their SEC schedule this year based off of what happened these first couple of weeks with these non-conference matchups. 877-37-GRIND. Before we circle back to the NFL, Buffalo, Colorado Buffaloes. All right, it's been a lot of, you know, hype machine, prime time going on. Um, TV ratings have came out, okay? Um, Nebraska and Colorado... I believe came in second and rated right behind Texas and Alabama. And you got to think that's the state of Texas with that. And we know what Alabama feels about their college football. But the reality of it is, is that this Nebraska game, I think it drew what? Now, I've heard reports of 10 million views, and then I've also seen reports of like about 8.2 or 5. But regardless, that is a hell of a spike in regards to viewership for a team that won one game last year. What do you got, Jonas? Yeah, the viewership spikes and the peaks, I guess, uh, you know, both for the Texas, Alabama, and Nebraska, Colorado games did, you know, are reported out there, out there as, you know, above 10 million. Uh, but the viewership, uh, steady viewership, uh, Texas and Alabama had 8.76 million. Nebraska and Colorado had 8.73 um, mm. For comparison, Texas A&M and Miami, another highly touted matchup from this last weekend, drew 4.2 million views. Um, and Texas Tech and Oregon, uh, Oregon being a, a ranked team there, uh, 2.5 million views, mm. uh, viewers. So uh, when you look at the TV ratings, the ratings share, Nebraska and Colorado in their time slot did have a larger ratings share uh, at, at noon. Um, compared to uh, with a 4.8 compared to Texas and Alabama at a 4.5. I'm going to give, as Jonas always taught me uh, over the last couple of years in educating an old buck like me, like, hey, Cal, we're living in the time of influencers. Is that what we call them? Um, I'm going to tell you this is 70% Coach Prime and 30% Travis Hunter and DeShure Sanders. Like, must see T. I got to watch them. Um, remember the AD, I think it was the athletic director or the university president. Remember they came out and said, uh, we don't know how we're going to pay him, but we're bringing them on. Well, 
the money has come in and has continued to come in on how they're going to fulfill this $20 million or whatever they gave, $27, $25 million they gave Coach Prime. Uh, they've got Colorado State. Uh, game day is going to be there. Fox is going to be there for a third week in a row. Makes Jonas butt itch, but they're going to be there for the third year, third week in a row. Um, and then we're going to get to the meat of this thing. We're going to get to the meat of the thing. We, I mean, USC, uh, Oregon. Do they? Let me see. They got a. They've got. Do they play Utah? I don't know if they play Utah. I'm thinking of some of the Pac-12 components where we're really going to get to the meat of the thing to figure out. I mean, I think it's special already. I, I told you, in my opinion, they won or he's won already in year one. But we're really going to get to find out how special this is with some of these Pac-12 component uh, opponents coming up. What do you got? Yeah, ranked opponents that are still on the schedule for Colorado are or number thirteen, currently ranked number thirteen Oregon, number five USC, number sixteen Oregon State, oh. number twenty three Washington State, and then the season finale, regular season finale, uh, number eighteen Colorado at number twelve Utah. Again, those are current rating uh, rankings. I could tell you, you know, I'll be rooting for Coach Prime, but I could tell you right now, I doubt it very seriously. They beat Oregon State. I like Oregon State through two weeks. I, I like their defense. I think Jim, uh, excuse me, I think Dabo Swinney picked the wrong quarterback, in my opinion, and Oregon State's playing some good football. I, I think Oregon State has a legit shot. To be honest with you, Utah was one of the preseason along with USC, but I think Oregon State, and I believe they do play USC, Oregon State's got a good look at this Pac-12. Because for one, I tell you right now, Oregon State's defense is better than USC's. I don't know if they are on talent. I don't know how. I'm pretty sure USC got four or five-star guys. I'm telling you from the naked eye test, Oregon State's defense through two, three weeks of college football is playing on a different level than USC, and they've got an offense that can keep up some points with the quarterback. So that's one right there. I'll be rooting for prime, but I doubt it very seriously. They, they will be an underdog in that game. Now, I don't know when that game is now. If they go out and upset Oregon or beat USC, maybe that's wrong, but I can tell you right now they'll probably be a, uh, you know an underdog against Oregon State. What do you got? Uh, it's, it's the first game in November, November fourth, and a lot of things could happen in to Colorado. Them. Yeah, that, I, I mean, it is crazy, right? Isn't it crazy how things work out? You know, everybody goes out and buys eight jerseys, gang green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone in sixty seconds. And isn't it crazy? The fact of it is, is that you know, Pac twelve dissolves. Everybody come pillaging. Everybody's jumping off the ship, and the Pac twelve then came out like a bat out of hell and kicking everybody's ass. And might end up being the toughest conference when it's all said and done this year. We still got a lot of football to play, but we'll find out. But definitely, the Coach Prime effect is in is in full effect. And I will tell you this: What do you want to? Well, and for all that talent, and they couldn't get a real TV deal. That's bad leadership. For all the program, yeah. all the how well the programs are playing, and you couldn't get a TV deal. Yeah, that's bad. That's the you know, it, it really has to do with the original guy who became for this guy, but he really left a mess. Uh, you know, I, I'm talking about George W. to Obama mess. I, he left a big old mess. Okay, so it's really not on this, you know, pretty much guy. But I get what you're saying. It's just bad. But I don't. But the Pac-12 has come out like a bat out of hell. Um, switching gears. Uh, here real quick uh, going back to the National Football League and I will tell you this with the Colorado Coach Prime I said it jokingly Sean Russ George uh, there's a lot of winning going on in Colorado right now 
this I've never stepped one foot in Colorado in my life. I feel like it's the home for home, but I've never done it. A lot of that's to do because I don't like the friendly skies, don't like to fly. But it is on my bucket list. I will get down there, especially being in the market now. I will get down there sometime. It's always gonna. It's always been a Denver Bronco town, hands down. Things change though. There's some pressure on Sean Payton and Russell Wilson, George Payton, the Pinner Group. You better get going, cause cause Coach Prime. These recruits are going to be coming in as a dozens. You know, in the next few years, Joker. It ain't like he's not in his prime. Speaking of the Nuggets. Okay, they're going to be one of the top teams in the West for time to come, barring any major injuries. Colorado Avalanche just won the Stanley Cup a year before last. Injuries played a part, maybe the reason why they didn't have a chance. They kind of, it was weird that they went out as early as they did this year in hockey. My point is, there's a lot of winning going on, and they better get going. It's pressure on Sean and Russ. There's a lot of winning going on. You notice I didn't bring up the Rockets because they don't give a damn. As long as, and I look, Bud Black is a good man. I've, I've, I've listened to a lot of people talk about Bud Black. They don't give a damn with the Rockies down there. I, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, come on, man. Every year, I mean, Bud Black, I, I've seen managers get fired for a lot worse. So I don't even put the Rockies in the situation. I mean, all they do is trade away their best players anyway once they get good. But they're the Avalanche and the Nuggets. And the Colorado Buffaloes are putting some pressure and some heat on that orange and blue team up in the Mile High City. You'll listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro DeBell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to choosetiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jodas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show was presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We have been broadcasting here from the Maestro Dobell Tequila Studios. 
And this last segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Zing Zang. Don't forget to check out Zing Zang's new Blazing Bloody Mary mix. Um, also, don't forget Zing Zang has a lot of pre-made alcoholic drinks. They also come in different flavors as well. Make sure you check those out. But whatever you do, never forget to Zing Zang responsibly. That is Zing Zang, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right. So uh, moving things along. um, I want to circle back a little bit to the National Football League. But before we do this, because I asked you, I had on the docket. So before we leave college for the day, uh, we're going to take some early line looks. But the AP top 25. So after we've completed another week of college football, um, give me the top 10. Just give me the top 10 and the AP and give it to me in um, – let me see where Colorado is ranked at both of those and just give me the top 10 besides where Colorado, I wanted the AP and then give me our guy from the Action Network, Brent McMurphy, give me his as well too because I haven't looked at either one of these. You got it. Well, starting with the top 10 in the AP, the actual AP top 10, Alabama with the loss to Texas dropped seven spots. So they have them at? At number 10. Damn. All right. Uh, Notre Dame with the win there at number nine. Um... Number eight is Washington. Again, kind of covered that there. Speaking of, the number eight, Washington is going to be playing Michigan State this Saturday mm. uh, without with Mel Tucker off the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Uh, number seven, Penn State. Ohio State, again, with another win, but continuing to drop in the AP. Uh, they beat mm. Youngstown State, but even with the victory, they fell to number six. USC leapfrogged them. They're at number five now. Texas, welcome to the playoff, number four right now, as it stands. Number three, Florida State, and then you still have Michigan at number two, and Georgia at number one. So, damn, so they got they took Texas all the way from, because they had them at what, like 11? 11. They, they jumped that's seven right, spots. Uh, two yeah, voters right. even gave them first place votes. I don't know about that. Um, now, you can look at, you know, I have to, I've yet to be able to catch Georgia uh, full this, this year. I'm, I'm waiting to catch them. Uh, to watch them, and so you can. I would have to look at Georgia to see, arguably, if you can make an argument talent wise and roster wise, is Texas better than Georgia? I don't know, uh, but those are the champs, man. Until they lose, they should be number one in everybody's poll. AP, uh, Brent McMurphy's everybody. So, how did Brent, okay? So, in that AP, where's Colorado at? In the AP top 25, they are at number 18. They, okay. With their win over Nebraska, they move up four spots from 22 to 18. Okay, and give me uh, Brent McMurphy's top 10. All right, so Brett McMurphy of The Action Network, um, where he's got the top 10 playing out is, and let me count back count this really quick from number 10. Number 10 is out is Alabama, so he had them there. And again, he remember, he does have a vote, by the way. Uh, yeah. He, he, he contributes to how this all plays out. Uh, 10 Alabama, 9 Ohio State, so he was even a little bit more vicious to the Buckeyes. Damn. Uh, nine. 8 Oregon, 7 USC, 6 Penn State, 5 Washington, 4 Michigan, 3 Georgia, Again, Michigan and Georgia are both playing light schedules right now. Texas, he pushed them up to number two, and then Florida State, number one on his top 25 ballot. Um, he had Colorado staying put at 22 from last week. So he didn't give them any bonus points for beating Nebraska. And I actually I agreed with him because there was there was somebody out there yesterday, uh, one of the sports books, uh, shared a, everybody's votes. 
asked all of those who have AP top 25 votes. They shared their all their 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 ballots, and there was a there was two voters that had Colorado in the top 12 after beating number 15 TCU and unranked Nebraska. They had Colorado going from unranked preseason to number to and one of them had them had them in the top 10. Then you have a handful more that have them in the top 15. I don't know how just beating TCU and Nebraska puts you top 15. Uh, and and again, uh, the AP has had Colorado going up to 18. I'm with there with Brett McMurphy, uh, keeping them there at 22. We talked down Nebraska this whole time. Well, first of all, we were fortunate to talk to uh, Brett McMurphy um a few weeks back for the season started but this, we're gonna have to have him on again because see i think especially because of because this is my deal when i listen to when you say there's people out there that have put colorado in 12 or 10 or four whatever then when you hear brett doesn't you know he, let's push colorado aside because even though when you go to brett's top 10 like to sit there and have Georgia, where and again, I haven't watched Georgia play yet, but when you have Georgia sitting there, and where does he have them? Uh, he has Georgia at number three. Okay. And again, it's about See, who, I feel like he's looking at two at who you've played. Well, I think really when I listen to his, his uh, top ten, and when I hear about some people out there that you say that has leapfrogged Colorado – Whatever you know, what that tells me, and I'll just stick with Brett's. It's because I can relate because I kind of do, I even do this sometimes picking my fantasy teams. I do this with my prediction when we talk about you know divisions, all that. It sounds like to me that their AP ranking is really based off of what they're seeing with their naked eye test and what they're assuming that's going to happen and really who they think are the better teams. It's not so much about, well, you beat this opponent and they were ranked five and you were only ranked 20 or you not ranked that way. It sounds like Brett and these other guys are basically choosing their off of, which I don't really have a problem with it, but they're choosing their picks off of what they've seen and who they believe is the best. That's my opinion. The number two thing I'll tell you about this is this is the reason why I think eventually after we get done playing these musical chairs with this alignment stuff, I think we need to do away with the AP and the top 25 rankings. I really do. I, I think if, if we're going to have the playoff system, whether it's going to be a four-team playoff, we know here shortly next year we're going to expand this thing to 12 teams. I think eventually when the conferences get through the lining, you've got to let the teams and the season play out to a certain extent. And there is a reason why the committee has always waited till right after Halloween or Halloween weekend or right that first week in November to release their first polls playoff polls rankings uh, because you got to have time to develop so to me when I hear these rankings because for one I'm going to disagree a little bit with Brett I mean you can't sit there and have Shadur Sanders that's already in Heisman conversations and you can't have a freak of nature in Travis Hunter and the coaching staff not just coach prime but his coaching staff that he's assembled 
and not bring them up past 22. I don't agree with that. That's the reason why I know it's all subjective, but this is the reason why I know some of these guys, I believe they're doing their rankings based off of the college games they've seen and who they really think is better by their opinion. So that's my thoughts on that, but very interesting, and we'll we'll go ahead and monitor it. And really, we had a policy on this show for years that we didn't even give AP rankings out until we got to the playoff committee, and the only reason why I uplifted that, made an executive decision, was because I figured that you know the committee has changed from year to year in the last three years what they really acquire and what they justify when playoff rankings come anyway so i say screw it if the ap is going to release it we'll you know i'll go ahead and refer them as the 10th ranked team or 18 according to ap but we need to do away with the ap once we get the realignment and we get to a 12 team playoff that everything's changing with college as far as I'm concerned, that needs to go ahead and go as well as way too. 877-37-GRIND. All right, switching gears back to the National Football League. Uh, real quick before we take a glance at some of these early lines and matchups. Michael Parsons, okay? Uh, I would say Micah got off to a pretty good, decent start. Week one against the Giants. Uh, definitely wreaked havoc, the whole D-line. Uh, man, in my league, in the ESPN League, I checked in, and I was wondering, who the hell had that? 50 points. 50 points in this PPR league. And I guarantee you about 25 of those felt like they came in the damn last three minutes of the game. But anyway, Micah Parsons on a podcast. I don't know whose podcast it was, but it was a podcast. The Edge. The Edge. Whose who's podcast is that? Do we know? Okay, The Edge podcast. Um, Pretty much said that he totally disagreed and didn't understand why – Daniel Jones was still in the game at the end of the game. Pretty much what I said yesterday. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it goes with my theme. Dallas has a lot of talking that has been done, especially from that side of the ball and especially from their defensive leader, Micah Parsons. I just feel maybe I'm old school. I just, and this is the time, and I understand everybody's doing podcasts and stuff like that, but that's just something I feel that you shouldn't really be commenting on, especially in a defensive, I mean, excuse me, especially in a division opponent, opponent you just played. You can think that, you can have that internally, but why go on the record and say in question, why do they still have Daniel Jones? Why do they have them in the game? And you might be sitting like, well, Dan Cowell, how can he plays a game? How can you sit there on radio and just say, hey, you said it, why well, can't? Well, that's it. I'm radio guy. I think that's for people that are in the media, people like myself. That's for us. I think if you're in the fight and you're still in a 16, you're in a 17 week fight, they got 16 more fights, 16 more rounds to go in the regular season. There's no need to put that out there. I, that's just to me. And, and the reason why I say this, because it shows to me, in my opinion, you're focused on a lot of different things. Now, the defense delivered. You know, it's just like uh, that loud chair you heard in South Texas was Dallas fans when Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you don't want to root when a guy goes down, but they got Dallas coming. I mean, they've got the Jets coming in and Zach Wilson compared to Aaron Rodgers. And we know they've crushed the buildings. And we didn't even think about that effect. The effect that we didn't get to we don't get to see Aaron Rodgers versus McCarthy. That's been ripped away from us. We didn't even affect the fact that the Green Bay Packers, you know, we were sitting there thinking like, damn, what the hell is taking this damn trade so long? Well, we didn't touch on it when we touched on it, but the Green Bay Packers, they ain't going to see that first round anymore. I think Aaron had to complete, what, 67% of the snaps? Uh, 65. 65. How the hell did they come up with that number? Did somebody ask for 70? We negotiated 65. Why 65? Why not 70? But anyway. You, you might look at it as you know, how many games he plays each season and kind of factor out, okay, here's kind of where his over-under is. 
And right. so we're going to set that over. If he's at 70, okay, we'll give you a little leniency. We'll set it at 65. Right. And that's probably where it comes from. Well, no bueno. It's going to be a second round. So that, 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 because it had ripple downs effects of everything last night. What do you got? Well, and then the last note on the Jets there. Uh, last night was the first of their five primetime games this season. Wow. Uh, we set, you know, tied tied them with the Giants and the Packers and the you know Vikings and the Raiders and the Eagles and the Niners. Wow! So yeah. Now, as we look at them, we look we look at the other New York team too, the Giants. Where do we kind of flex these two teams after Week One? It, it maybe it's a it's bit a too early too, for that reaction. For the Giants, I would say, you know, I'm not as. Uh, where did you have the Giants in the East? You did you have Washington win the NFC East? Where did you have the Giants? At. Did you have them second or third, or you or you have them last? Um, let's see here. Uh, NFC East. I had the Giants last in the okay. NFC East. So right there with you. Okay, and I had the Giants last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. look, they can't. I mean, come no, on. I had man. the Jets going to the AFC Championship game. That's a different story. Well, we we you know on this show we make predictions off good health, and then we'll have to find that's definitely going to pay a factor. So at the end of the semester, you'll get a grade, an extra grade on the curve on that. But at the end of the day, man. Uh, no, man. No. First of all, to answer your question, Joe, no, it's too early to think about flexing schedule, but that's crazy because you bring that up. No one's bringing that angle up about the primetime games, but, you know, when you're telling me that, what, yeah, go to flex Giants. The ironic, again, check Hackett's underwear. What did we witness last year on primetime for four or five prime games of Denver? Hackett's face in the putrid offense and it just melted. Hackett got to think like, damn, man, convention had a damn job anyway. So we get to see Hackett and don't think he ain't solid, but the cameras will find Hackett and we get to see this whole experience so that's crazy but yeah that's one of those that and you know what I hate it happened to Aaron Rodgers but I ain't gonna lie you know what creeped in my head and I told AC last night I said you know what going like look that game when Aaron Rodgers went out I thought this game was by I'm like we're about to watch I know it's 9-11 but we're about to watch two primetime duds in New York it saved itself, but I'm thinking, you know what, you youngsters in the league office, this is what y'all get, man. Stop forcing narratives of stories. Like, if to me, as far as I'm concerned, because of 9-11, it should have been the Jets in Buffalo, and Sunday could have been somebody else in prime time. That's just my opinion, but sometimes I told you the NFL tries to force these narratives, but just a crazy situation uh, that took place. But um, taking a look at some of these early NFL lines, uh, it's going to get going Thursday. And we'll get more into these matchups as the week goes on. Uh, but big game on Thursday. You know, I'm really going to pay attention. You know, we got to keep Al Michaels happy on Thursday. He bitched and complained for 17 weeks last year. If I, I That's why I can't have Bezos' money. Because if I would have Bezos and that's my thing, I'd say, my, Al, and then, hey, man, you know, do you believe in miracles? Yeah, yes. I believe in miracles. Yes, it's fire. Don't be talking about my product and I'm paying you $15, $13 million a year. But the Minnesota Vikings – Facing 0-2, go to the defending NFC champions, the Philadelphia Eagles, and they are catching seven on the road. I can tell you right now, um, foundation picks aren't official during the week, but if this would fall on a Saturday, I'd definitely be looking at Minnesota uh, and them points potentially to go ahead and win outright as well, too. NFL is crazy. Um, just some other thoughts and just key with big matchups as well, too. Um, look, somebody's going 0-2 with Tennessee and the Chargers. Chargers go on the road at Tennessee. They're catching a three-point favor on the road. Um, you would think Chargers coming off, you know, can can Tannehill in this offense keep up with Kellen Moore? And, you know, Justin Herbert, I don't know, but I've seen Mike Vrabel in big games. That's an interesting uh, game right there. Um, the, uh, the Colts. 
They're going to go on the road to face uh, the Texans in Houston. Both of them are 0-1 in the division. Both of them really don't have expectations of being playoff teams for the most part. But that's an intriguing game. And, again, the Colts, the one thing when I was touching on them, uh, yeah, Jonathan Taylor got some, some leverage. Chris Jones, Josh Jacobs, who else? Uh, Nick Bosa held on. Nick Bosa. Everybody has made good with their guy. And Ursay is still having Jonathan Taylor there. And let me tell you why. And what makes it even more disappointing, Jonathan Taylor, unlike these other guys we're talking about, probably for the exception of Nick Bosa, Jonathan Taylor is the best player on the team. That I mean, that's the thing that's alarming. But I'll tell you this. I believe this whole pup list between Jonathan Taylor and Ballard and Ursay, I think this was agreement behind closed doors. We're going to, you know, do you have to worry about getting fined? We're going to let you go stay in shit. We're going to put you on the pup list because we're going to find out how we look in four weeks. They go down to 0-2 to the Texans, and this is rookie on rookie. His stock goes up. I believe at the end of four weeks, they don't find a trade. And I understand Jonathan saying we don't have nothing to do with the Colts. They make him the highest paid running back in the NFL. We can kiss and make up. And if they drop to 0-2 and 0-2 in the division, that's going to be a possibility. Also, a couple of games, monster one out in Florida. Kansas City going to Jacksonville. Jacksonville is 1-0. They can put up points. Kansas City is only a three-point favor on the road. Going in trying to avoid 0-2. Um, other game that stands out to me. Uh, of course, look at this line here. I wonder what this would have been pre-flop before. We speak of the Jets coming in with Zach Wilson. Dallas is a nine and a half point favorite at home. If I was a betting man, which I'm not, you'd have to take my money on that. That is too many points for an offense that we still ain't seen showed up. Speaking of Dallas, I, the, and, and what's the and the over under total is thirty nine and a half right there. That tells you that's going to be a defensive battle. That's under all the way if you look at it. Um, also, um, Washington Commanders at Denver Broncos. Um, I thought week one was a borderline must win if you were going to be taken considered as a playoff team this year in the AFC. Um, this is a situation. We know the stats if you fall 0-2. Y'all know how I feel about Ron Rivera, but he's coming in with a talent. If you want to see who has the most talented roster, who's talented roster better, you could make a, maybe an argument that the commander's roster is better. Denver is a three-and-a-half point favorite, the same thing they were against the Raiders at home. That's an interesting one. Um, and then Miami and New England. Miami, New England, big game for New England, big game for Miami to keep that momentum. They are a small two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in New England. That line is very fishy, but we've got a few days to get to that before we get to Friday. All right, man, that is a wrap for today. Special thanks to the producers of the show, Jonas Clark. San Antonio, El Paso, Abilene, Lubbock, people up in the Maha City in Denver, Colorado, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region, and my people down Laredo. When that alarm goes off tomorrow morning before you hit the snooze button, before you roll off the rack, just ask yourself. You grind in peace. See you tomorrow. When life sounds too much like this, it's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. 
Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging, it's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers' steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.